0: if you haven't. It is. Okay. Okay, good evening and welcome to the March 1st, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner Alex Lemberg, Commissioner John Trisvenia, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber, who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. Welcome, Ms. Huber. Uh, At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Tina Tam, the deputy zoning administrator representing the planning department, and Matthew Green, chief building inspector with Department of Building Inspection. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. The rules of presentation are as follows. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents, each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three-minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at board of at sfgov.org. Now, public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash boa. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One in person, two via Zoom. Please go to our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA and click on the Zoom link or three by telephone, call one 669 6833 and enter webinar ID 872-7652-9542. And again, TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. Now to block your phone number when calling in, 1st dial star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes depending on the length of the agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you with the verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the Internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to board of Appeals at sfgup.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room now we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the sunshine ordinance if you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight raise your right hand and say i do after you've been sworn in or affirmed do you swear or affirm that the testimony testimony you're about to give will be the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth okay thank you if you are a participant and you're not speaking please put your zoom speaker on mute so we are now moving on to item number one which is general public comment this is an opportunity for anyone who would like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction but that is not on tonight's calendar is there anyone who would like to speak on a on a subject matter that's not on the calendar please raise your hand i don't see anyone here i don't see anyone on zoom so we'll move on to item number two commissioner comments and questions
1: Commissioners, uh, First of all, I'd like to welcome Ms. Huber to our panel, and uh, you follow an illustrious group, and hopefully you'll keep us out of trouble like they have. Thank you very much. Anybody else have any questions, comments?
2: Um, I just echo President, what's President Swig said. Welcome, Jen. Uh, we're very happy to have you on board, and, uh, and uh, I look forward to many many very interesting conversations with you about uh this board's legal ins and outs.
3: <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd like to echo that that welcome. Uh thank you so much for, for your service and for uh your transition to to the city and to the county uh and very look, much look forward to, to working with you. Um would this are we going to have Givner anymore, or would this be an appropriate time Don, uh, Don to, to? has think? moved on and, and given us
1: Jen instead. It's a good, it's an upgrade.
3: All right, so I, so I, I'll I'll go ahead and, and thank Mr. Givner then for for his service. Uh, he's been just a tremendous asset uh, to to the board uh, during the time that he's worked with us, and I've. Uh, felt privileged to be able to sit next to him and and pick his brain sometimes even in the middle of a meeting. Uh, So uh, just wanted to thank uh, him for for his great service to to the city.
1: Mr. Chosevina.
4: Thank you, President Swig. I want to add my welcome to you and and thanks to uh, Mr. Givner and the the other members of your team. Uh, and City Attorney Chu's uh, team who, a, who have very ably represented uh, th- this board in our, in our proceedings. I also want to uh, note we have two very young people here uh, in, in the audience, and I think it's really, really important. One of the roles of this board uh, is to make have people have, have city government and the work of the bureaucracies make sense to average people, young people, old people, homeowners renters, uh, people who are desiring to keep a tree, people who are desiring to remove a tree, uh, and everything in between. And and I, I, we cannot be successful in that role uh, without the able work of the city attorney's office, and I want to thank you for that, and I will, want to particularly welcome uh, the two young people who are here.
5: Mr. Epler. Thank
6: you, uh, Commissioner
7: on. Thank you Commissioner Trisvenia for pointing that out. I have been amazed in my short time on the board of how much of our work is making sure that the community is heard, making sure that they um, have that last opportunity to be heard, and helping educate the community on the process and procedures of the city so that they can effectively advocate for their needs even if we're not able to provide the outcome that they're seeking. And so I do hope that the young folks here today get a little uh, taste of how city government works. And of course Thank you for being here today. Um, I took a lot of mileage out of uh, out of uh, City Attorney Givner in the short time that, he, uh, that I've been on the board and um, hopefully uh, you know, you'll have an easier go of it with me. Thank you.
8: Thank you all for the warm welcome. I'm happy to be here.
1: Thank you and I, I, I didn't say thank you to John Givner. He was uh, very good. He, he stepped in uh, when he was not supposed to And uh, has really provided a great service to us, and we deeply appreciate it. And one, one further thing, Jen. There's one, two, three, four, five lawyers, and then there's the outlier. So you're you're surrounded, or don't pick on me, guys. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public comments, so we'll move on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Commissioners before you for discussion, and possible adoption are the minutes of the February 22nd, 2023 <laughs> meeting. Uh,
2: Do I have a motion? To I, I will move. I, I had a correction that I meant to email you, Julie, and I forgot, I'm sorry, um, but uh, the correction, I, I, I move to adopt the minutes with the singular edit of the spelling of the last name of the appellant in number five. Um, I know that we spelled it the way it was for Su- Sabarwal, um, but he corrected it um, to S-A-B-H-A-R-W-A-L at some point during the hearing. So I, I assume it would stay the same in the appeal, but uh, as the, for the speaker list, I would fix the, the spelling okay. of his and, name.
0: Because we were going by the information he gave us.
2: Right. No. And, and then he changed it. I I, I definitely do think...
0: He changed his name on the record at the hearing. Yes. Uh, I will confirm that. And what do you, what do you believe it should be spelled?
2: S a b h a r w a l.
0: S a b, not s u b. Correct. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that is the case, uh, and we will make that change.
2: Thank you. Uh, and apart from that, uh, with that edit, I move to adopt the minutes.
0: Okay, so we have, is there any public comment on that motion? Please raise your hand. Okay, uh, no public comment on the motion to adopt the minutes as amended. Of Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvino? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. Okay, that motion carries five to zero, and the minutes are ad- adopted as amended. So we're now moving on to item number... Uh, let me see. We're moving on to item number. Now I'm looking at the, the wrong one moment four. so this is appeal number 22 088 Terrence and Marlene Marseille versus department building inspection planning department approval subject property 285 C clip Avenue appealing the issuance on November 17 2022 to Todd bear Rd OF AN ALTERATION PERMIT REVISION TO PERMIT NUMBER 2022-0127-6780. ADD ONE THIRD FLOOR DECK AND ONE ROOF DECK. THIS IS PERMIT NUMBER 2022-0524-4848. SO WE WILL HEAR FROM THE appellants FIRST.
9: Good evening, President Swig, members of the board. Steve Williams representing uh, the appellants, uh, Terrence and Marlene Marseille. Um Terry and, and Marlene are actually going to start off the presentation tonight.
10: Good evening, and thank you for hearing our case. Could we have the overhead, please? Overhead, please. Thank you. Um, the main reason we purchased our home Uh, was the open area floor plan of the second-story family room. It was the heart of our home, and it's where we spend the majority of our time. The second-story bedroom, with its light and openness, was also perfect for our growing family. By the way, we are the direct neighbors to 285 Seacliff. The proposal uh, to build a recess northern deck so close to our family room presents a complete invasion of our privacy and openness. Recessing a deck 42 inches does not account for the deck's usage. It does not account for individuals taller than 42 inches and being in close proximity to us and being able to peer directly into our windows, which were to be protected under our settlement agreement. The deck would extend 12 feet beyond the northern wall of the third-story addition, and this also is in violation of the setback requirements of the NSR and the settlement agreement. Not only are our protected side windows impacted, but the front windows of our home as well. Our home is set back quite a bit. The decks can be a great source of problems, especially when you live in close proximity to one another. Owners can put whatever they want out, tall heating lamps, lighting, barbecues, hot tubs, whatever. Once it's built, it's built. A deck was proposed on the same northern uh, roof area in September of 1987, and that is Exhibit 18 uh, to our brief. That was removed during negotiations with the Perrys. Had the Perrys uh, proposed simply recessing the decks, we would not have agreed to such a settlement. During negotiations, Mr. Passmore, the zoning administrator, and Mr. Berkowitz, the senior planner, came to our home and viewed the family room and the second-story bedroom. They took photos of the impacts this third-story would have on us. Both gentlemen also visited the Perrys at 285 Seacliff. In the the settlement agreement and NSR, the Perrys agreed to several setbacks, removal of the northern roof deck, and an agreement to keep our family room windows clear of further obstruction, as well as keeping four of our west side windows in the bedroom completely clear. In the settlement agreement, section three, There was to be no further construction in any manner on or directly above the existing roof areas of 285 Seacliff, aside from the subject addition as approved by our architect. We believe this made it clear that nothing is to be done to the existing roof areas that might obstruct our windows and our privacy. The proposal to break into the existing roof areas for these two decks, leaving an open hole and putting in a recessed decks, certainly is new construction, no matter how you look at it. And that was meant to be forbidden in the NSR and settlement agreement under Section 3. It was not part of the original approved plans, nor was it submitted with a third-story addition. Outside of the third-story addition, the remaining roof areas were to remain remain as is. Thank you very much.
9: Steve Williams again. Um, The sponsors have not been very honest or or transparent uh, with Terry and Marlene since they moved in and they're not being honest or truthful uh, with the board. Uh, The brief they submitted is wholly inaccurate and misleading. Uh, Let's start with the first page of the brief. Um, They start the narrative with a description of a September meeting with Terry and Marlene where they claim to have presented Uh, the plans of the recess deck, those same plans that are before the board tonight. That is completely false. Uh, And the statements that they attribute uh, to Terry and Marlene uh, at the meeting are also false. The fact is the permit holders applied over the counter for a revision permit in May of last year to add three roof decks to this project. Those decks were to be built directly on the roof surfaces even though they had a copy of the deed restriction. Uh, If you look at Exhibit 5 of our brief, uh, that's the application summary for the decks it dates uh in may of last year exhibit six are the plans uh that were actually submitted and those were also the plans uh that were taken to that meeting in september Um, and by the way those plans had already been rejected by planning by that time if you look at the planner's handwritten notes on exhibit five you'll see that and so um, they claimed I have presented these in the meeting. Those plans weren't even created yet. Those plans were created after the meeting uh, on September 19th. So uh, these plans were never shared with Marlene uh, at any time, never, never submitted. Um, they were submitted, the permit was issued, and the appeal was filed. That's when they saw the plans. There was zero outreach throughout this entire thing. So just as they're playing fast and loose with the facts, they're also playing fast and loose with the applicable law. Uh, they cite a case Boxer versus uh, the city of Beverly Hills. That's an inverse condemnation case having to do with uh, the planting of trees. Uh, they also cite uh, for the interpretation of the deed restriction, White v. Dorfman, but they only provide a, a partial quote. Uh, the quote they provide states the general rule uh, that restrictive covenants are to be uh, construed against uh, the person seeking to enforce them. Let me give you the full quote. Can I have the overhead, please? And I brought uh, copies of the of the case, if anyone on the board wants them. Um, So the rest of the quote reads, it's also true that the intent of the parties and the object of the deed of the restriction should govern given the instrument a just and fair interpretation. The intention of the parties is to be determined from the document as a whole, and if possible, to still try to give effect to every part of it. And that's exactly, if you read my brief, that's exactly what we're asking for tonight, is that you read the three documents as a whole, and that they be enforced in a way that makes sense. Uh, This interpretation of the documents doesn't make sense.
4: Thank you. That's time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Uh, Lemberg.
2: i a couple of questions. First, uh, for the appellants, uh, as, as you may have noticed, I'm I'm the uh, the spelling enforcer. Um, I noticed your last name was spelled in two different ways in the brief, so I want to get confirmation as to the correct spelling of your last name. Um, and
10: M A R S E I L L E. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um,
2: my other questions are actually for Ms. Huber and not for the appellants. Um, Last week I asked a similar but distinct question uh, regarding uh, to Mr. Givner regarding whether we were allowed to uh, to uh, consider um, uh, what were they called the uh, CCNRs for HOAs. Uh, the question this week is similar but distinct in that are we allowed to consider a recorded notice of special restriction? Uh, and if so, or, or if not, how does the appellant's notification to the planning department of the uh, issuance of this notice of special restriction affect the analysis on that point?
8: Uh, I believe that the board can consider the notice of special restriction here. Um, the second question I believe would probably be pr- MORE PROPERLY ANSWERED BY um, DBI, THE the NOTIFICATION PIECE. I, I UNDERSTAND IT'S AN OVER THE COUNTER AND SO THEY ARE MORE FAMILIAR WITH THOSE NOTICE RESTRICTIONS AND ARE PROBABLY BEST POSITIONED TO ANSWER THAT QUESTION.
2: OKAY. AND KIND OF FOLLOW UP TO THAT, CAN YOU a recorded notice of special restriction and a recorded CCNR seem very similar in my head. So, can you maybe distinguish why? So, we weren't allowed to consider CCNRs. Why? What's the difference between these two documents, and why we're allowed to consider one and not the other?
8: I, I mean, I think it's proper to consider. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with the circumstances of the case last week, and I, I apologize. So, I, no, I don't know I that I'll understand. be able to address yeah. the distinction here um yeah
1: thank Um, you alec if i could based on my history of being here um are something that are baked into uh the 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 deed um and it's just it comes from a different direction where an nsr you we this body um could condition the issuance of a permit with a permanent nsr so We we are we have the ability to invoke, or require or whatever an NSR. This body would never uh, invoke a CCNR, for
2: example. So if I could just get to that point, that that makes sense.
4: Thank you, Rick.
0: Do you have any further questions for Mr. Williams? No. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Trisvina has a question.
4: Thank you. I I do, and I I first want to express um, my sympathy for the Marseilles who thought they had everything resolved back in 1987 and probably lived with the security of resolving it, Uh, having the city involved uh, with the, with the NSR and and yet they're here back here today uh, with, with subsequent neighbors. Uh, The NSR says, no further construction shall be permitted which would result in any structure on or directly above the existing roof areas. In, in your view, what is the structure that is um, being at issue here?
9: Well, there's, there's actually several. Uh, the decks are still on the roof. And if if you've spent some time with my brief, um, you, you see that I make that argument that, that these are these are still roof decks. They're described as roof decks. The permits are roof decks. They're described on the plans as roof decks. They're still on the roof, and so they're still you know they violate the the letter of the of the N S R from that point of view. And if you look at the plans, there are so, structures. So you're,
4: sa- so you're saying that the deck is not the roof. It's on the roof. It's a structure and it is on the roof.
9: It's still on the roof. And there's also a, a large hatch, which is gonna stick up some uh, 36 inches above the roof. There's several skylights, which are also gonna be above the roof and directly on the roof surface. So they're violating it numerous ways, even with the interpretation put on it by themselves and by the planning department.
4: Okay. And, and so-
9: um,
4: And the rest of the uh, sentence that I quoted talks about the existing roof areas. How uh, Can you distinguish the existing roof area with, in the NSR with the roof that is being proposed by the uh, permit holder?
9: Well, I mean, you have to read the, the whole thing, um, that the it's still going to be above the existing roof area and it's still going to be on the existing roof area. And, um, you know, to... if you you read it in conjunction with the settlement agreement, which I think you have to, it's attached as an exhibit, um, it describes these roof areas are to be kept clear for the windows. And so the intention of the parties, even though the the attorneys 35 years ago may not have drafted it very well, was that there would be no further construction on those areas left open in front of those windows that were left open because that's what this was, a very large construction project to add a third story. Uh, and we provided photos. Uh, exhibit three is the photos when it was still a, a, a one-story building, as the Marseilles building is it, or still a two-story building. The Marseilles is still a two-story building. And if you look, compare that, those photos to exhibit 19, which is the prior project sponsor's renderings, it shows exactly the windows that were to be kept Completely clear in the words of the documents. So, um, to me, the interpretation that's being used here to dig sort of hot tubs, um, why, you know, take it to its next level, to its absurdity, you could put a whole new floor on. Couldn't you? I mean, you could just take it down a couple inches and build a whole new third floor and block every single one of their windows, you know, because that's what they're saying. This is the interpretation they've come up with, uh, because no one 35 years ago imagined that they would sink the the deck slightly and put them right back where they were taken off 35 years ago, and that's what happened here. Um, Well, I'm uh,
4: I'm not sure whether you want to say that, because if they didn't imagine it, then this is open open territory which seems to be what the, what the other side is saying I just I, I want to assure you though that uh, of the 117 pages that uh, uh, constitute the record from everybody involved uh, I've read it all and if if this case is and this week is like any other week uh, I can assure you that uh, my colleagues on the, on the on the Commission have as, as well I, I just I just want to ask you one, one more thing and that is about the um, uh, the evidence of the party's intent on signing the NSR is the only thing we have, the NSR itself, in terms of what the parties intended?
9: Well, we also have their actions in signing the documents. We have their removal of that front deck, which is in the exact location where they now want to put a deck. Um, and uh, you have the, the letters uh, to the lawyers from 35 years ago, which...
4: But that's from the Marseilles, isn't it?
9: It was, but it it, it confirms their intentions, and and I don't, I can't think of any better proof of the party's intentions than one of the parties showing up and saying that was my intention in signing it, and if it had been interpreted this way, I never would have signed it.
4: Okay, thank you. Thank
0: you. Okay, thank you. We'll now hear from the permit holders. Welcome. You have seven minutes.
11: Okay, thanks. Hello, President Swig and members of the board. Thank you for meeting with us. My name is Alyssa Warnock, and this is my husband, Todd Barardi and our two kids, Kaya and Gunnar. We have each lived in San Francisco for 28 years. After a years-long search to find a family home, we purchased 285 Seacliff in December of 2021.
0: Sorry, we'll pause the time. Someone was interrupting.
11: In the interest of moving closer to our daughter's school and into our new home as soon as possible, we began planning for a remodel right away. Within a week of closing on the house, we walked over to our next-door neighbors at 275 Seacliff and introduced ourselves and gave our contact information in case any of the construction work bothered them or if they had any questions. We met Terry, who seemed amenable. Marlene was not home. Prior to submitting permits, we made... The Marseilles aware of our plans and offered to discuss them. Over the course of the following year, we proposed multiple meetings to review the plans. We've provided full-scale plans at the Marseilles request at least three times. And our contractor, John Murphy, in the green, um, has fielded many calls and requests from them. We have tried to come to a compromise, but the Marseilles preferred to hire a lawyer to handle the matter rather than come to a neighborly agreement. We, in turn, had to hire a lawyer as well. Our intentions are to remodel the home to accommodate our family and as well, my parents who will likely need to move in with us for assistance in day-to-day living in the very near future. Our neighbors have repeatedly stopped work on our home and prevented us from moving our family in. We are here to ask that you approve the permit and allow us to move forward. Thank you.
12: Good evening, Commissioners. Brian O'Neill on behalf of the permit holders. This permit is for two small decks, a 72-square-foot third-story deck and a 42-square-foot roof deck. Both decks are extremely modest in size and recessed to ensure that they are entirely below the existing roof. In 1987, the appellants opposed a third-story addition by a prior owner. The parties entered a settlement agreement to increase the setbacks and also included a provision to restrict future height increases. The agreement called for an NSR, a recorded document that restricts future development. NSRs are often required by zoning administrator uh, to prevent future enlargements to variances and things like that. But this 35 year old NSR is unique in that it is essentially memorializing a private agreement between two two parties to protect the appellant's private views. The NSR prohibits three specific actions, raising the roof line, raising the roof ridge, and increasing the height of the third story. In short, the NSR only applies to additions, not subtractions. And this permit is for a subtraction. If you can show the computer screen. As as you can see, the approved deck plans are entirely below the existing roof and are consistent with the terms of the NSR. The top roof ridge will actually be lowered by about a foot. The decks are entirely code compliant and could not possibly impact the appellant's light and air as both are located below the existing building. The plans were, their plans were reviewed by the zoning administrator and confirmed that they were consistent with the NSR. The skylight is not part of this project and the roof hatch is sunk below in a well and not above the existing roof. The appellants clearly understand the project is consistent with the terms of the NSR and instead argue that you should enforce the spirit of the agreement. California law is clear that restrictive agreements such as this are disfavored and must be interpreted against the person seeking to enforce them. The appellants have already gained the benefit of their bargain. The 1987 project was modified to protect their views, and the permit holders are not pursuing any height increases or uh, increases in bulk. Still not satisfied, the appellants are now seeking to completely prohibit any decks from being built, even when they are built below the roof. Neither the planning code nor the NSR prohibits all decks. The permit holders work closely with the planning department every step of the way and revise their plan multiple times to ensure the decks complied with the NSR and to limit any potential impacts from neighbors. Both decks are modest in size and the approved third floor deck is over 20 feet away from the appellant's building. The photo they showed had some scaffolding that's not part of this project, that's from an ongoing construction project. There's no way that this will impact their views. The roof deck is 20 feet away from their building and over 50 feet away from the appellant's own roof deck. The accusations of a lack of outreach are also simply inaccurate. Here's an email confirming that Alyssa and Todd reached out in December 2021, right after they bought their home and informed them of their remodel plans. This is an email from June 2022 asking to meet once they heard the appellants had issue with their deck plans. Here's an email from August 2022, sending them a copy of the plans and asking again to meet. This is an email from september asking if there was any room for a compromise and this was all before the permit was issued todd and Alyssa have continued to try to reach an agreement with the appellants after the appeal extending their briefing deadline and continuing the hearing multiple times unfortunately all of those discussions were unsuccessful and these are just the communications related to the roof deck they've also repeatedly uh, reached out to their neighbors regarding the ongoing construction, ensuring that everything is, uh, is, lessens the impact to their neighbors. Alyssa and Todd have designed the decks to be consistent with the NSR and to be entirely below the existing roof to preserve the appellant's views. They simply want to move on with the project so they can move in with their family. We therefore respectfully request that the board deny
2: the appeal AND UPHOLD THE PERMIT. THANK YOU.
0: THANK YOU. WE HAVE A QUESTION FROM COMMISSIONER Lemberg.
2: THANK YOU FOR YOUR TESTIMONY. AND I I DO, YOU KNOW, IT'S HARD NOT TO SEE BOTH SIDES IN in THIS MATTER. AND uh, WHAT I'M STRUGGLING WITH REALLY IS JUST THE PLAIN LANGUAGE IN THE NSR ITSELF, WHICH I BELIEVE IS UNCONTESTED THAT it, IT APPLIES TO THIS PROJECT we've been advised by the city attorney that we're allowed to consider the terms of the nsr and i'm just going to read straight from it Uh, the restriction and condition of which notice is hereby given that upon completion of the construction of the permit in 1987 no further construction shall be permitted which would result in any structure on or directly above the existing roof areas as as shown on exhibit one the the um exhibits are very similar to what we were just shown i don't think the uh plans have changed a lot since 1987 um and i am just kind of stuck on the fact that no further construction shall be permitted resulting in any structure um directly above and i and i just can't see how constructing a roof deck which necessarily involves you know guardrails and things that stick up above the the level of the roof is not in violation of this NSR.
12: So I think the key there is on the existing roof area. And so this project, as part of this project, it lowers the existing roof. So the existing roof is no longer there. It's lowering the roof. And so the, the intent of the agreement is to prevent Structures being built on top of the existing roof areas that would be in view of the appellants. So this project lowers the roof, and it's and perhaps Grant can uh, architect for the project can speak to it. But it was designed. The uh, the original plans um, did have a guardrail, and plan, planning uh, in discussions with planning. They were of the opinion that that was not consistent with the NSR, and so it was redesigned, and those guardrails are no longer required. And so the, you know, as you can, maybe not. So that that plan right there, you can see the sort of, outline of where the existing roof area is everything as part of this project is going to be below that existing roof area and so there are no guardrails that are required
2: what do you mean below i i I guess i'm not envisioning this very well but what do you mean by (laughs) below the
12: maybe this one will show it can you show the um overhead please uh, overhead
0: you need to zoom out a bit
12: So here is the existing roof. So it's built down, recessed into it. And so that's acting there as the guardrail. And so there are no guardrails that are needed, that are required on top of that roof. It's actually sunk down below the existing roof area
2: so maybe i'm missing something was there a like an entire room that was removed that is now being where this uh roof deck is proposed to be built i believe that um maybe grant you want to talk
12: about the design
13: grant lee uh, architect so essentially we are using the attic portion of the roof and you're using the well of it to form the guardrail. The,
2: the well of what? Of, of so, the former attic space? Yeah, so this would be where, where my
13: pen is. That's where the attic space is. And we're using the walls of that area to form the 42-inch guardrail, where the tip of my pen is the existing peak of the lower roof
2: okay so there used to be a room in where no that not a room is. it's an attic attic area well so in a, a there used to area. be a, an enclosed structure in that space that is no longer there
13: it depends on your def- definition of, of structure but it's when if your home has a pitched roof yes you know you have a finished ceiling below and that area above this attic space it's not habitable because it doesn't have sufficient ceiling height
2: Right. No, I'm not asking whether it's habitable or not. What I'm asking is, there was some some amount of space there that you're saying was at, uh, was part of the attic that was removed and then is intended to be replaced with this deck, with right. this new deck. Correct. Okay. So, the guardrails that are being built in the current plan are they. In any way, shape or form above where the former roof line was? No it's not. Okay. Um How does the photo that the appellant showed us with the construction immediately outside of their their window? How does that play into this? Is that the same area that's being constructed, or is that different? Or, what can they? They quite clearly showed us a picture where there was a deck being constructed right outside of their window. What 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 is that if not this? There. I and mean if we
12: can. I mean. I, so there's a current remodel project going on including replacing all of the windows. So that's scaffolding from the ongoing remodel project. The decks are not being constructed yet because they don't have their permits for the deck.
2: Okay, so the the photograph that we saw is is completely unrelated to the deck that we're talking Right, about. that's and that's constru-
12: that's uh, construction around. that's going on for a remodel permit that has okay. already been issued.
2: Okay, so that was a little bit misleading then. Um, so.
13: Yeah, can I, can I clarify that? If we can put on the overhead, just for clarification's sake, to make sure we're not misleading anybody. Their, their window is probably approximately right here, mm-hmm. and uh, the construction worker was over this ridge area where we're proposing our roof. So when we when we create our, our, our recessed roof deck, it would become lower. So they're standing on that peak right now. That wouldn't be the condition when it's built. That would not be the condition.
2: Okay. I think that makes sense. Um, and just to clarify, too, it it does look from different views of the property that there's kind of... Two levels of roof there's one with a third uh, i 'm assuming third story and then there's part of the roof on a different section of the house that 's only on top of two stories. This is on the three story portion or the two story portion
13: so the let me see here the 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 roof that we just talked about is the lower roof and that 's uh, on the third floor that was the seventy two square foot one and then we have at the upper highest roof that was the 42 square foot roof a uh, roof deck.
2: Okay, so there's there's actually two okay. Um, okay, I'll pass to commissioner Oh, uh, I'll I'll pass for now. I might have more questions in
0: rebuttal. Thank you. Commissioner Ravinia.
4: Thank you. And if I can understand, I'm ask you some questions about the proposed deck. Uh you, you've, you are lowering the, you, you, you are creating a deck three and a half feet below the current roof line. Is that accurate? Correct. Yeah. And as it relates to the appellant's uh, property and, and their, I guess, their family room, can people who are taller than three and a half feet uh, see into... Their um, property, if they're on if they're on the new deck, I mean it's
13: it's for the 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 three and a half feet is guardrail height. So you you know depending on how much taller you are, you you'd be above that line that datum line.
4: Right, and and people who are on that deck, albeit three and a half feet below the current roof line, can see into the neighbor's property correct there is the possibility for that well there's a likelihood of that right
12: it's I believe it's the edge of the roof deck is approximately 20 feet away from
4: okay their building. okay so that helps Um, does the rest of so and that that part of the deck that would that would be facing east into the property, correct? rather than west towards the sun towards towards the ocean. This is east. so that's looking towards Golden to Gate Bridge. I'm trying to, as, I'm trying to get a sense as to So you want you want, obviously it's a beautiful neighborhood, beautiful properties. you want to, you want to have a deck. they already have a deck as I understand it. The purpose of uh, the purpose of the deck for your clients is to be up high and to be able to look out, presumably, towards the bay and towards the ocean, rather than towards the neighbor's property. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, is there? Um, <coughs> what would be the? Uh, and and you've recognized that people who are up on that deck, that future deck, would be able to see into the property and into the family room, et cetera, of of the neighbors. Correct? 20 feet away, but they can see in.
12: Yes, I mean, they would be able to see back, I think. Um, Yeah, it's set back, you know, up more than 15 feet from the property line and then there there's a setback five feet. Um, so that's, you know, I, normally a deck is required to be five feet away from the property line, so this is three times the, okay. the normal planning department requirement.
4: Okay, if if you know, and you may or may not have any reason to know, perhaps your clients know, what would the, uh, what what view does the, Marseille's window have that the deck would interfere with?
12: Well, the, the deck itself would not interfere because it's, it's built below the deck line, so it's actually it's slightly reducing uh, the impact to their views. Mm-hmm. The only impact to their view is if somebody would be standing there, then you, there would be a silhouette of a person, but the, the deck itself is actually going to slightly
4: improve
13: their view. That's correct. Okay.
4: And would there be any uh, uh, problem on your client's part to have uh, that part of the deck um, be constructed of materials that would provide some privacy to the neighbors? I
12: mean, I don't want (laughs) to
6: evening, Commissioners, Ryan Patterson for the permit holders. I just want to jump in and add because I'm sitting closer to the homeowners. Uh, they clarified that there is no view from the neighbor's window in that direction. They're not seeing the golden gate, et cetera. Uh, from the proposed deck, they would be looking that way to the golden gate. No reason for them to turn around and look in the neighbor's home. But for the question of screening, uh, I think that's something we could discuss. I'm guessing the appellants don't want additional height added to the deck but you know if privacy really is their concern then we could discuss that that would mean adding some kind of uh, frosted glass or plants or something to provide privacy but again that's a room that I understand is already visible from the street so I don't think there's any real additional uh, visibility
4: that's created by this. Okay well I appreciate your you clarifying that thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, you can be seated. We will now hear from the planning department.
14: Good evening, President Swake, Vice President Lopez, members of the board, I'm Tina Tam, Deputy Zoning Administrator. 285 Seacliff Avenue is a three-story single-family dwelling in the RH1D zoning district and a 40X Heightenburg district. Constructed in 1948 and located within the eligible Seacliff Historic District, the property is a known historic resource. In 19, 1988, it's part of the review for the partial third-story vertical addition, an NSR, Natives of Special Restriction, was recorded on the property. This NSR essentially limit any future change that would result in raising the height of the existing building. And as you heard, and I'm going to go ahead and restate the NSR, um, quote, no further construction shall be permitted, which would result in any structure on or directly above the existing roof areas. Here's a bird's eye view of the subject property. Overhead, please. It is um, located on the southeast corner of Seacliff Avenue. um, And the appellants is the property to the east at 275 Seacliff. The appellants are the Marseilles and they reside um, at 275. And they believe the proposed deck will change the existing roof areas and violate the NSR. Here's another photo of the subject property taken from the front. The property to the right is the subject property, and the property to the left is the appellant's. Here's another photograph of the, of the subject property just around the corner on the other side of Seacliff Avenue. As you heard from the appellant, the 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 representatives, um, the Marseilles did withdraw their DR request for the vertical addition back in 1988 on the condition that the um, NSR be recorded. Um, The Marseilles wanted to ensure that the windows looking in the direction of 285 Seacliff Avenue would remain clear and unblocked. And if there is any future plans that would contradict the NSR, the project would be subject to a DR, a discretionary review um, hearing before the Planning Commission. Here's another aerial photograph of the subject property. Um, And you can see some of the windows on the appellant's property that they would be most concerned with. In May of 2022, the owners of 285 Seacliff filed a permit to add three roof decks. They are at the front, the middle, and and at the rear. Once the permit was assigned and review, the project planner determined that the new decks did not comply with the NSR um, and that a DR was required. Um, in response, the applicant resubmitted revised plans in October of 2022, showing the removal of one of the three decks and the reduction in size and the lowering of the two decks on the property. And here's a kind of a side-by-side comparison between the original proposal showing the three decks, front, middle, back, and the removal of the one at the back, and the reduction in size and massing of the two at the front and in the middle. As a result of the change, no part of the new decks would, re- would protrude above and beyond the existing roof areas. Both decks will be recessed and essentially buried within the existing roof form of the building. As revised, the project meets the planning code, and no um, DRs required. I wanted to go ahead and be clear that the plans that were submitted as part of Mr. Williams' appeal brief um, are the original plans in May and are not the revised plans that we, we saw um, and approved. Uh, Mr. Williams also talked about the roof line changing. Um, I want to go ahead and clarify that NSR does not say the roof line couldn't be changed. The NSR simply states, if maintenance, repair, and reconstruction is needed, no raising the height of the existing roof line or roof ridge should be allowed. The project does not raise the height of the roof line or ridge. The roof line and ridge will remain the same. In fact, some of them will even be lowered as part of the new new deck construction. In summary, the project complies with the planning code, the design guidelines the Secretaries of the Interior Standards for Treatment of Historic Resources, and the recorded NSR. The two ducts will not enlarge or expand in size or profile of the existing roof. The two ducts will not increase in height, the roof line or the roof ridges. As such, the department recommends that you deny the appeal and uphold the issuance of the, of the permit on the basis that the permit was properly issued. That concludes my report, happy to answer any questions. Thank you, President Swig.
1: Just a quick question, um, the, the recessing of the, the deck, how far below the roof line is the floor of the deck? And uh, related to um, safety and security issues and a, a guardrail, a fence, a whatever, so that somebody doesn't fall off the deck, um, is there going to be a guardrail or any other structure that is a, a safety requirement. And again, how how deep is the floor of the deck from, I guess the the, the roof line? Is it two feet, four feet, six feet? What is it?
14: Um, I can put up some some drawings, and you have the same drawings in your packet. Mm-hmm. There were there were from the project sponsor. I'll we'll go ahead and put up what I have. I, I think
1: I think that really it it it, it boils down to um, a a roof deck is there to be stood upon, um, and and therefore if a as especially looking at these two lovely children here that are that are with us tonight, if those two lovely children uh, walk out on that deck, uh, where are they juxtaposed to the edge of that? Of that deck, and what is the what is the the safety protection f- for those children or anybody else?
14: Um, I'm going to go ahead and put up a an elevation. The top three series of photos or, or drawings are of the front elevation, mm-hmm. and then the the three in the bottom or the back elevation. We can ignore the back as they remove the very deck. Looking at the front elevation, you'll see two decks. You see the roof line that's there now, and the new floor of the deck below that. I don't have a scale with me, but I assume it's a couple of feet. And then as part of the response brief, there is a cross section. I believe that's the same cross section that the architect put up earlier. it shows the height of, I don't know what they call it, a well or a railing or the side of the, the inside part of the deck as three feet six inches, which meets the minimum requirement for decks. And DBI, Mr. Matt Green can confirm that as well.
1: So the only thing that would protrude above the deck um, would be a person or a piece of furniture that's set upon that deck that's more than three three and a half feet.
14: Yeah, that's that's roof decks for you.
0: Thank you. Commissioner Trezvino. Uh,
4: Thank you. Um, I had a question regarding the four windows that uh, it's a, I guess, a two-part question. One is, as I read the settlement agreement from 1988, uh, it says that the parties agree that the four at least four of the west wall windows will be completely clear. My question first is whether that agreement applies only to the addition in nineteen eighty eight and not anything today, and second, whether you can educate me on what impact this deck or or this proposal has. On, on keeping those four windows completely clear?
14: Thank you, that's a good question. Um, I think it's our interpretation those, those still apply. The windows, the four remaining windows out of the, I think originally six, would stay um, clear and unblocked. That's what the settlement agreement says, whether it's pertaining to the the, the, third, the partial third-story addition or just the existing profile of the house. So we, we interpret it as the entire house like there wouldn't be any change to even the existing two-story portion of the building. Um, and so that's why we, we were pretty adamant when reviewing the original plans. Any portion that's protruded, protruded beyond the form, the profile would violate or would be contrary to the NSR.
4: And the, uh, the other question I had, that's very helpful, Th- thank you. The other question I had is, as I started to read the, the file, I, I was getting the impression that uh, the planning department either forgot or wasn't aware of the NSR, and it was. And at some point in the process, it was brought to the department's attention. Uh, is that the case, or or was it known all along? And you've you have you have you the department has looked at this decision with the NSR completely in mind. Uh, from the start
14: thank you Um, no we knew about the NSR the NSR is recorded as part of the property it shows up in PIM and as part of the planners responsibility and and job they would look through all those notations related to that property I believe what the reference might have meant in the appeal brief was that at the time when the um, the appellants reached out to the city um, it was still up in the the permit itself was still in the hands of the supervisor who hasn't who is not gonna be the one reviewing the plans. She was simply the one holding on to the plan, waiting for the assignment to be made to the planner. And she, she wasn't gonna go ahead and say, Oh, I know all about the NSR. She was simply gonna say, Thank you for the information, I'll make sure I pass this along to the assigned planner when the time comes. Thank you.
0: Thank you. President Swig, do you have anything further? Your name's up. Okay. Thank you. Uh, just one more. Okay. Vice President Lopez has a question. Ms. Tam. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Um I was wondering if you could if you could say uh, a bit about how planning understands uh the the distinction between the CCNRs and the and the NSR. Um obviously I think there's there's a, a question in terms of the evidentiary uh, weight for, for our decision, but then there's also a separate question about how planning kind of operationalizes uh, its review of things like that, so I'd be curious to understand that.
14: Sure, thank you. Um, yes, um, NSRs are oftentimes recorded um, with the with the help of the planning department or other agencies to kind of limit certain um, use on the property or certain sort of development on a property, um, the city is very much involved um, when when it when it comes to NSR. With CCNRs, that's totally different. Um, the department of the city, oftentimes, if not all, almost all the time, wouldn't be involved, and they and they say if you ever read a. CCNR, um, they're super sometimes old and, um, would say things that the city wouldn't agree with. So therefore, um, we wouldn't be, um, enforcing on those types of sort of neighborhood, um, decisions.
3: Got it. But I guess one follow on not, not all NSRs are, are recorded in, presumably not not, not available to, to planners on each property. Is that correct?
14: All the ones I know of are recorded. Okay, Part it. of the deed, run, runs with the deed, despite whoever new comes on and buys the property. Okay, great. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection.
15: Uh, Good evening, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, Commissioners. uh, Matthew Green, representing the Department of Building Inspection tonight. Uh, The permit before you is a revision to a previously issued permit for an extensive interior remodel and seismic retrofit. Uh, This revision is to add two new decks. Uh, Once this permit application cleared planning and their interpretation of the NSR, it was routed to DBI, Building Inspector for Architectural Review, and a DBI Engineer for Structural Plan Review. The application was approved and issued on November 7th, 2022. Um, I actually visited the site yesterday. I was trying to wrap my head around this project as well. I haven't seen anything like this before. Um, the approved plans show that the new roof deck will be constructed uh, entirely within the roof line. Uh, it's set down three foot six from the roof line, meaning um, which is 42 inches, which is the required height of a um, guardrail. So there wouldn't be any uh, required um, extensions of the guardrail above the existing roof line. Um, As of yesterday, none of this work under the revision has commenced. Uh, There is extensive work going on under the previous permit. Um, Based on the planning department's interpretation of the NSR, DBI believes that this permit was approved properly and complies with the building code. As such, DBI recommends that the appeal be denied and the permit upheld. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have.
0: Thank you, I don't see any questions. So we'll move on to public comment. Is there anyone here to provide public comment? Please raise your hand. Three minutes, yes. Uh, I don't see any hands raised. Nobody here, so we'll move on to rebuttal. Mr. Williams, you have three minutes.
9: Thank you, Uh, Steve Williams again on, on behalf of the Marseilles. So, Obviously, any construction is prohibited with results in a structure on the roof or above the existing roof. There's, there's two elements to that. This ends up with structures on the roof. And uh, Ms. Tam got it right. The intention of the parties was to ensure that the windows would remain clear and unblocked. And if you go back to how this all came about, it was a very large construction project 35 years ago. And uh, Exhibit 3 shows it. uh, Can I have the overhead, please? shows the buildings uh, before the construction. They had a whole wall of windows facing west directly at the ocean, and that's the view that they lost. And the prior project sponsor marked up the windows that are be kept clear and there's four back here one two three four and this one up here is these two up here are supposed to be kept clear as well in part of the settlement agreement They're, it calls out a dimension of twenty feet from that chimney to the front wall here. nothing is supposed to be built there just as nothing is supposed to be built here because otherwise those windows are not kept completely clear. People stand on decks, people put up windscreen on decks, Uh, people put up plants, people put up heaters, people put furniture on decks. Those things would all prevent the windows from being completely clear, which Ms. Tam just told you was the intention of the parties to keep those windows clear. So um, that's why, in part, this this appeal should be granted. Um, again, it, it, it takes in, the interpretation of results in, an, in nullifying the prior agreement. And they shouldn't have to fight this battle over again. You know, the, the commissioners were were correct that expressed that. Further, the please look at the hatch, please look at the skylights. This is a revision permit, so everything is on the table uh, for the board to look at. And the architect's drawings themselves state that several objects and show several objects above the existing roof. Here's a guardrail that extends up way above the existing roof. It states right there, the hatch is going to be 36 inches above the darn roof. You know, I, I'm not making this stuff up. And that... 30 seconds. The... This is not shown in elevations, and it's not shown in the sections. Uh, As most of these architectural plans have been, uh, believe me, a real mystery. They applied three times for decks they knew uh, violated the the, uh, NSR, and they just kept coming back. And so, you know, the letter and the spirit and the purpose is being violated. Finally, there was no deception here. This was a mock-up of the deck put up by the project Thank sponsors you, that's, that's why we Thank showed it they put a board out to show Thank where you. the deck was going to be
0: we do have a question from commissioner Eppler.
7: um yes going back to uh the this slide that you showed i think it was the exhibit 19 it was the roof hatch uh i have yes. a question um with regards to that that roof hatch
9: oh that is not an exhibit in mind. That, oh,
7: that that that's the one right there that's Thank part you. of their plan yeah section at roof hatch that's that's what i glommed on to there um so is that that is that uh the deck that is at the apex of the property at, at the top of the roof i believe so okay does that would that impede the view from any of the windows of the appellant's property
9: i i, I think it might impact the back
0: windows the back bedroom windows
7: all right. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. I don't see. Oh, Commissioner Uh I'm
4: I'm I'm a, a little bit troubled and struggling with. Uh, you seem to be in a. You you cite Ms. Tam as saying, yes, the 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 unblocked four windows that was agreed upon in 1988 applies applies to this property. Uh, this, 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 this proposal, and at least as I understand her, uh, Ms. Tam is saying on behalf of the department that those windows are still unobstructed, and you're saying that they are uh, they are obstructed. What are they obstructed by?
9: Think of the activities that go on on decks. Okay. I mean, that's what they're obstructed by. And there they are, they're Oh, if you want privacy, we'll put up a big windscreen. I mean, you know, that will completely block the view of the ocean that these folks still have and that they were guaranteed to keep uh, with the bargain struck by the former zoning administrator 35 years ago. Uh, he's the one that bargained this thing. And, you know, that's, that's what we're looking at is, is the, all the activities that go on a deck uh, is what the obstructions are going to be. And, you know, okay. no one can and, deny and, and
4: where And where... Where, where should I find the support for the proposition that activities on the roof are included in construction?
9: Well, again, these decks are on the roof. These are roof decks. They may be sunken down, they're still roof decks. And so if you go back to the language of the, of the NSR, it's two part, either on or over, and these are on. Um, Plus, if once you read in the settlement agreement, you know, that should be the end of it, because those windows will not be clear of the activities that go on. Uh, That was the intention of the parties.
4: Right. So so we should be reading the 1988 agreement as equating activities with structures and construction.
9: Well, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to equivalent those things, but you have to, you know, live in the real world. Uh, if, a, if a deck goes up there, there are certainly going to be obstructions. There are certainly going to be activities that are going to uh, block those windows that were supposed to remain completely clear in the language of the agreement.
4: And, and if I could just ask, it would, it would not be your client's position that any privacy uh, additions would, would help?
9: It, that would completely block the view
4: so I mean, that so, so so that sounds like that's that, right.
9: that's 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 the problem I'm, oh, i i okay. suppose what uh if if it if they are going to be passed uh, i suppose what we'd want is something prohibiting windscreens, plants heaters you know tall objects that might be erected on a deck uh which will completely obliterate the view from those windows
4: well uh, my interest is not in the not in the view it's in the privacy to the to to, you, to the neighbors they've shown they've shown that the picture uh would appear that anybody standing there could look right into the to, to the computer room or, or the the family room of, of of your clients
9: that's absolutely correct
4: and but it's also it's, it sounds like you're you don't, you don't have anything that would uh you don't have any suggestion that would ameliorate yeah. that problem
9: That's why there were supposed to be no decks there. Okay,
4: thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, we will now hear from the permit holder.
6: Good evening, President Swig and Commissioners. Ryan Patterson for the permit holders. Uh, I want to respond to a few things and try to clarify and set the record straight. First, if I can use the overhead, please. This is the detail that Mr. Williams showed you a moment ago. Uh, He neglected to mention the language added by DBI here that says uh, roof well shall remain as is guardrail, sorry, small text, Uh, roof well shall serve as guardrail, no guardrail extending above existing roofline. And you can see better uh, the condition we're talking about from a different page, which he did not show you. So that became a condition of approval when added to the approved plans. Again, if we look at sheet 8301, you can see to the extent that this deck is carved out and sunk down into the roof. Nothing is extending above the existing roof line. No structure is being added above the roof. And there is one question in this case, and that is, per the language of the NSR, whether any structure is on or directly above the existing roof areas, the answer to that question is clearly no. There is the question of whether people will stand on a deck and be visible. Uh, people are not a structure. And I want to clarify, these are small, small decks. We're talking about maybe two people being able to stand there at a time. These so they're not party decks. There's not even room for a significant amount of furniture. And my clients just confirmed to me while sitting here that they have no intention of putting tall furniture or the like on either of these decks. They're not trying to be bad neighbors, quite the contrary. Uh, the DBI representative has confirmed that the safety requirements for fall restraint for decks are met. Um, and I want, to, I want to try to clarify what we're talking about here. Uh, if you imagine the floor here, the ground is the existing roof line. We're talking about digging, excavating down, and sinking a deck down into the ground. We're not talking about putting anything on the roof. We're under the roof. Uh, and the, the language that Mr. Williams quoted about keeping the windows clear is not in the NSR. That language does not exist in the NSR. That is in the private settlement agreement, not pertaining to this issue. Uh, and as the deputy city attorney, and welcome by the way, has confirmed, that's that's a private agreement. It's like the HOA CCNRs, not the NSR that the city is party to. So it's not at issue in this case. And. It's, it's not enforceable by the city, even if it were. Thank you very much for your time. With this, and I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, I don't see any questions at this time, so we'll hear from the Planning Department.
14: Tina Tam for the Planning Department again. I don't have much to add except I um, wanted just to mention if, if, there, if there are any windscreen proposed for the deck, more than likely it would protrude beyond the, the roof areas <laughs> and it would be contradictory to the recorded NSR and a DR would be required unless the, the parties, both parties, do agree in writing to modify the language in the NSR. So just wanted to kind of put that out there.
0: We have a question from Commissioner Epler.
7: Um Can you confirm that the handwritten comments on the plans regarding the the railing not to extend beyond the existing roof line are um, from the city and now enforceable parts of the plan, or is that a DBI question?
14: Um, I was reviewing the plans with Mr. Green and we, we acknowledge that that notation is included in the in the plan set. Okay,
7: and thus is, as, is is enforceable as, you know, will be part of the overall process of, I'll ask Mr. Green when he comes up. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We'll now hear from DBI.
15: Um, Commissioner Eppler, uh, to your point, yes, it is part of the approved plans and is enforceable. And, and I would add that this, the reason they're using this roof hatch is they asked for a local equivalency so they wouldn't have to put a penthouse above above the roof. Um, and one point there, it says it's not to exceed 36 inches above the floor of the um, roof deck. So that, that will be below the 42 inches of the existing roof, roof line. Uh, any
1: other questions?
0: President Swig has a question.
1: Yeah, just to it be super super duper clear so so if we were to deny the appeal and uh and those decks uh were built and uh the appellant found uh, sorry and the um uh, project sponsor the permit holder um in real life, having I asked this question, having grown up three blocks away from the, the, from the site, and then gone back to live there as an adult for another 20 years, 15 years, so I know the area well. Uh, so when they when they build that deck, and they find that about 364 days a year that the wind blows like hell, and you can't really use the deck, and they want to put up a windscreen, <laughs> they will not be able to put up a windscreen.
15: Correct. Uh- a, a windscreen would require a building permit, it, right? It, and
1: then the NSR would kick in, and they would be told no, they cannot build a windscreen. Is that true? That is correct. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see any further questions. So, commissioners, this matter is submitted.
1: Commissioners, Commissioner Lopez, any questions, comments?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I think from from where I'm sitting, this looks like a creative, uh, work around the NSR, but not a violation of the NSR. Um, you know, I think the way that the NSR was drafted it, uh, it's, it's really focused on the profile of the building and the structure. It's not, uh, a prohibition on, on, you know, absolute, you know, height of of any activities or uh you know <laughs> yeah it it's it's just I, I agree with with the permit holders' interpretation of 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 the NSR and and, and the the project being uh, within those requirements. Um so yeah like I think the the comments from from Mr. Green or are telling that you know he hasn't seen anything like it, and, and I, I think it's a creative solution. Uh, we've seen that with you know other types of construction, like the Camelback houses of New Orleans, and, and it looks like we're seeing some some innovation with uh, with respect to these requirements in this case. So I'm, I'm inclined to deny the the, the appeal.
4: Mister. Uh, th- thank you, President Swig. Uh, I am per- very much persuaded by the Department's handling of this matter and dealing with a lot of difficult issues that go back a long way, uh, interpretations and analysis. It didn't necessarily come through in the original, in the original reading of the materials, uh, the extent of the work that planning and DBI had done on this. Uh, I think the presentations tonight as well as hearing from from the two parties uh, persuades me that uh, this is not a violation of the 1998 agreement and uh, the appeal should be denied uh,
2: I, I tend to agree with my fellow commissioners I, I, I based on just the the written materials that were submitted I um, I had a hard time seeing my way around uh how this was permissible but that was because i didn't have a very clear understanding of what was actually being proposed and i'm not a master plan reader by any uh by any means so uh once it was shown to me what was actually being done uh, i i tend to agree with vice president lopez's um, characterization of the solution as creative i think it is a creative solution. Um, I, you know, having looked at the plans, I, would I have come up with that solution? No, I I wouldn't have, but I'm not an architect, so uh, I'm an attorney, so I just read contracts and, you know, and the language, (laughs) the the plain language of things uh, here. But uh, having viewed the NSR through the lens of the actual plans, uh, the NSR quite, Clearly, does not forbid this, in my opinion. So, I, I, I am also inclined to uh, to deny the appeal for those reasons.
7: Thank you. Yes, I I, I agree with my fellow commissioners. Um, I the the NSR was designed to, it, it's massing base. It was designed to prevent the building envelope to from increasing, and the building envelope is in fact decreasing in in certain ways. And while that may occasionally involve there being one person, two persons, several people. I think that front deck can hold more than just a couple of people, but several people out on that front deck, and that may be, you know, perpendicular to the line of view of a window that is uh, directly there, and that may be be disturbing to to the appellants. That's not what the N S R was was intended to regulate, in my opinion, and so um, in the in the um, spirit of of moving us forward i will move that we deny the appeal and uphold the issuance on the permit on the basis that the permit was properly issued
1: Uh, thank you for that motion i have no other comment other than to say that the private agreement portion uh, that was noted here is not in our jurisdiction and the private agreement uh, if that wants to be further discussed uh, can be a civil situation but we're just dealing with the permit and we have a motion and uh, Madam Secretary, would you like to?
0: Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Eppler to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Tresvina?
14: Aye.
0: Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. President Swig, Aye. So that motion carries five to zero, and the appeal is denied. THANK YOU WE ARE NOW MOVING ON TO ITEM NUMBER FIVE THIS IS APPEAL NUMBER 23-004 JIM REED VERSUS DEPARTMENT OF BUILDING INSPECTION and PLANNING DEPARTMENT APPROVAL SUBJECT PROPERTY 3420 TO 3424 16th STREET APPEALING THE ISSUANCE ON JANUARY 25TH 2023 TO JAY DAVIDSON OF AN ALTERATION PERMIT EXISTING THREE UNIT BUILDING MODIFY LOWER UNIT AT 3424 16th STREET Remove window at rear yard bay and replace with a door to allow access to the rear yard. Modify alcove at rear to provide a laundry area at lower level and infill door at lower unit at kitchen area with one hour wall. This is permit number 2023 01230604. And we will hear from the appellant first. Uh, Mr. Davidson, are you going to have Mr. Uh, Daniel Burko represent you to start?
2: Right. No, mr reed's the appellant, and i am representing I'm sorry. him but i'm not speaking okay i'm just watching He's oh i'm speak.
0: sorry i'm sorry we're um yes yeah. so mr reed yeah. please approach you have seven minutes to address the board thank you
16: okay. you, you said you have an overhead projector okay Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank your staff, Alex and Julie. They were fabulous. I'm so grateful for how much they helped me. Uh, uh, my landlord seemed to have some confusion over my history as a licensed contractor. I f- got my license in July. Uh, 1978, 44 years ago, when I moved into their neglected flat in 2004, I had 26 years experience as a licensed contractor. Uh, I have a a B license, general contractor, electrical and plumbing licenses, and I always hired journeymen, plumbers and electricians to do the work. Uh, On my first night in the flat, in 2004, I slept in the formal dining room off of the kitchen at the back of the flat. Mr. O'Neill says that it's a living room. Not true. It's a lovely old dining room with plate rail and lots of painted wood paneling, which a carpenter like myself loves. Uh, I've, it's been my room, bedroom for all this time. MY LANDLORDS REPLACED A WINDOW IN THAT ROOM BEFORE I MOVED IN WITHOUT BENEFIT OF uh, PLANNING, APPROVAL, OR PERMITS. MY LANDLORDS AGREED THAT I WOULD LIVE THERE, CLEAN THE PLACE, PAINTING, DO ALL THIS STUFF. I HAD AN OLD washer AND dryer, AND I CONNECTED IT TO THE GAS AND ELECTRIC ON THE OLD LAUNDRY PORCH. ALL THREE UNITS HAD THE BENEFIT OF THAT. SUSAN HAS A LAUNDRY PORCH of her ZONE. AS A LICENSED CONTRACTOR, I informed MY CUSTOMERS, YES, YOU NEED TO GET A PERMIT AS THE PROPERTY OWNER. IT'S YOUR RESPONSIBILITY, BUT I CAN GET IT FOR YOU. SO I REMODELLED THE ENTIRE BUILDING. Uh, THEY DECIDED NOT TO GET PERMITS ON THE WORK I WAS DOING IN KEEPING WITH THE DOOR THEY PUT IN WITHOUT A PERMIT. La, 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 la. OKAY, SO I SET UP THIS SMALL WASHER AND dryer IN THE BACK footprint of my thing, put a small door, and I wrapped the laundry room in double 5A sheetrock and a third sheet with vinyl soundproofing so I wouldn't hear it. Uh, The stack dryer were totally inside my flat and the area was not part of any common area. I removed the back door to the stairway in the backyard so that my landlords would benefit from using the laundry. Mr. Davidson came down every day for the first decade that I lived there. So beginning in May of 2007, I began remodeling Jay's and Susan's unit. Could you tell me when I only have two minutes left because I have a solution? Yes. Thank you. I'm dyslexic and I have a difficult time reading so I have to turn everything into MP3s and listen to it. And I'm going to run out of time.
12: Uh, Did you need me to pause time now? Pardon? Pausing time for
1: you?
12: I'm a little deaf. Pause the time, sir? Yes, could you? Uh, Sure.
16: Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Mr. O'Neill also said that I didn't advise them of things I did. I actually. I uh, wrote uh, what I called uh, construction news that told my customer in detail what was done and what was going to be done next uh, let's see I have too much to tell you and not enough time uh, so for the last three years I need my
12: wheelchair
4: Pardon?
12: I paused time, sorry. Uh,
16: So, in 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, three years ago, exactly today, behind my back, my two landlords began taking rent money from my legal subtenants, breaching a 16 year uh, rental agreement that I had with Susan and Jay. They enabled my two male subtenants to breach their rent board approved contracts with me. So this began three years of harassment and it ended with where we are here today, where my landlords, because someone that came to look at the place couldn't get through the door, removed the washer and dryer, what, six months ago. And when I discovered they had no plan to replace it, I went out and bought my own. I borrowed money and bought my own washer and dryer. And when they saw me bring it in, they had their lawyers say that they would evict me if I connected it. And there's two locations in the unit that I could have connected a washer and dryer. And each time they made an appointment, came in and threatened me with eviction if I connected it. Okay. So I believe that the, uh, my landlords are using the, uh, the uh, DBI to harass a tenant. And I have a slide
12: here. It's uh, almost a two-minute warning for
16: you. Okay, thank you. So th- this is the back of the house. There's uh, my unit. Uh, I was told that we need an hour fire rating between the unit and the back stairs. Well, this is Susan's unit, and she has no fire rating at all. She has a wood door, no rock at all. Jay has the same thing, a wood door, no fire rating. And... This is my unit where I have no door at all because I took the door off so that my landlords can come in and use the washer and dryer. So my proposal is that my landlords rather than blocking our exit through this area into the backyard and force my female subtenants to come through my bedroom to get to the laundry that the landlord put in a fire door and that that the we allow the building department to uh, apply the law uniformly across the building where everyone will put in a fire door. And I'm a building contractor and I'm not working at the moment, but I would be happy to pay for an hour steel fire door right here so that my unit is protected with an hour firewall. And if you look at THE TWO LANDLORDS, THEY HAVE NO FIREWALL, SO they I DON'T UNDERSTAND WHY THE BUILDING DEPARTMENT, WELL, I DO UNDERSTAND, BECAUSE MY LANDLORDS WANT THE BUILDING DEPARTMENT TO HELP seconds. THEM HARASS ME, SO I ASK THAT THIS BOARD CONSIDER DENYING THE PERMIT UNLESS THEY WANT TO PUT IN FIRE DOORS, AND WE ALL, I WOULD, I WOULD BE FINE WITH THAT, BECAUSE, uh, the stairway going down has all kinds of violations no handrails, pie shaped things, and really bad stairs. So, and if the stairs burned, they would go into all three units.
0: Thank you. That's time. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg.
2: Thank you, Mr. Reed. I have a few questions. Um, number one uh, the property owner's brief cites that. Uh, the property owner's brief cites that there will be access from your unit uh, for you and your roommates um, to the new proposed laundry room in uh through a different path is that or is that not true?
16: That is correct. And actually, so we have to go out our front door, we have to go into a a locked alley with a gate and the key doesn't work very well. And then there's three more doors to go to to get there. We would have to do this in the rain. So at the moment, we, we, for the last, what, 18 years, we've simply gone into our kitchen and went into an alcove that I built where there was a washer and dryer. And the original washer and dryer was mine, and I have wanted to replace it now, and it's within the footprint of my unit. It's not in some other common area. Okay,
2: um, next question. Where is this new laundry room that they're proposing to build? It's not clear from the plan. It's the
16: same place. They're simply going to put the they're going to put the washer and dryer right back where it was, and they bought a washing machine that was huge and it blocked the door. And the one I did didn't block the door, and I could vent what I have, and it won't block the door.
2: Okay. Thank you. Um, I had another question. Uh, I forget, I'll ask in rebuttal, thank you. Okay,
0: thank you, you can be seated now. Thank, thank you. you. We will now hear from the permit holder, Mr. Davidson.
5: President Swig, Vice President Lopez, Commissioners Lemberg, Trasvenia, and Epler. This is the only property that Susan Sanford and I own. We're retired first grade teachers in public schools here in San Francisco. We have been resident owners of the building since we purchased it 45 years ago in 1977. Mr. Kevin O'Neill, my registered domestic partner, has been living with me on the premises since 2018, has been serving as the building manager for the last year. We support all regulations that ensure justice and fair treatment for all renters, especially seniors, as we ourselves are seniors. We're sorry that the permitted solution to this problem involves infilling the door from the appellant's kitchen to the laundry area. We can see from his complaint that this is not a solution that he likes. We're also sorry that every time we come up with a solution that he doesn't like, he personalizes it, he says that we are harassing him, he calls us bullies, and he presents these solutions and situations to other people in such a way that he says we are trying to force him out of his home. We are not trying to force him out of his home. We're busy people with full and productive lives. We have much more to do with our time than to find ways to harass anybody. And that includes the appellant. It's unfortunate that he sees this this way and we have no control over his perceptions. We remind him and the commissioners that locating the washer and dryer where they are and installing the non-conforming door were his solutions when he remodeled the building in 2004. Therefore, the the situation we find ourselves in is the direct result of his actions but he doesn't seem to see that. We would like the Board of Appeals to understand that there's absolutely no other place on the premises where a washer and dryer can be accessible to everyone who lives in the building. This is our only solution. By allowing the modifications for which we were granted this permit, we will be in a position to continue to maintain the washer and dryer on the premises at no cost to the appellant and his roommates. It will continue to be free and it's a lot closer than any laundromat. The washer and dryer, we remind him that these are not housing services as defined by the rent board. We're under no obligation to continue to allow the appellant and his roommates to use them but we're doing so as a convenience that has, because they've been totally accessible to everyone in the building since they were installed in 2004. Yes, it's true that the current washer and dryer are bigger than the original ones. They block part of the door that the original ones did not block. When the original ones gave out and we needed to buy a new washer and dryer, they were all being made much bigger than they used to be and there was no other option available
0: thank you you finished yes okay thank you we do have a question from commissioner lemberg uh
2: thank you I, i have a couple of questions uh the the first one is regarding the changes that were made to the property back in 2004 um the way the appellant says it is that you, as the property owner, approved of those changes back in two thousand four. Is that or is that true, or is that not true? You mean, approved of the changes, meaning the uh, the, the plans, the his his proposed alterations to the property. Okay,
5: in two thousand four, I was serving in the Peace Corps in West Africa, so I was not there. But Susan Sanford, my build the building partner, was there, and we were unaware of anything regarding permits. The the people who lived in that unit, when we purchased it in 1977, lived there for 27 years. We had no work, anything having to do with permits. We were
2: admittedly ignorant about the process. So my question isn't really about permits. It's about whether you knew of the work, knew of and approved of the work that he was
5: Yes. To yes, be performing. we did. Okay. Yes.
2: Um, my next question is then: Why are you making this change now? What what prompted this change in the laundry room location? I, I, at least in the record before us, I don't see any complaints. I don't see anything going on. So why make this change now?
5: Right. There have been a lot of problems with the appellant over the last couple of years. <clears throat> and we had to retain a lawyer to help us get through some of the problems. Our lawyer suggested to us that because the appellant does not hold a lease or any kind of rental agreement with us, he wanted to create a rental agreement, but before he did that, he wanted to have the building inspected to make sure that there were no code violations. So we called in the uh, department, uh, the necessary departments to inspect the building and that's when it came to light that these problems existed. And so we are trying to correct the problems that existed so that we can get everything corrected and then hopefully move on towards getting a rental agreement that the appellant will sign.
2: Okay, so I I really want to stay away from uh, the kind of landlord tenant disputes because that's not within our jurisdiction at all. Um, and it sounds like you've both already retained counsel on that. I just want to focus on, you know, uh, on this particular change. And I guess a good follow up question to that is, are there any other changes being proposed uh, to the property that are a result of this inspection that you, that you mentioned? No, there's um, um, infilling the door,
5: permitting the washer and dryer in the first place because they didn't have a permit. And then it's, um, it's retroactively permitting the back door that was, uh, it's part of, the, uh, part of the exhibit, part of my uh, brief that I submitted showing where there was a door in what used to be the middle window of a bay window So we are going backwards, allowing that retroactively.
2: Okay. Um, I think that's all I've got for now. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions, so you can be seated. We will now hear from the planning department.
14: Tina Tam for the Planning Department. 3424 16th Street is a three story, three unit residential building in the RTO, Residential Transit Oriented Zoning District. Constructed in 1996, the property is is not a historic resource. The permit is to make modifications to the existing unit at the lower level. Aside from legalizing the replacement of a rare, window to a door, um, no other scope of work for this permit trigger planning department review. Um, seeing the window to door change is, a, is compliant with the planning code. The permit was approved over the counter by planning staff on January 24th, 2023. I'm gonna go ahead and put up in the overhead, just the picture, I believe this is the same picture in your, in your brief. That's the new door or legalization of the door that used to be um, where no no window used to be. I understand the appellant is the tenant residing in this unit. Um, He's concerned that the changes proposed on the interior will limit access to his yard. Um, Seeing this is not a planning code issue, I'd like to go ahead and defer um, to DBI for their insight and recommendation for this permit.
0: Okay. Thank you. I don't see any questions. We'll now hear from DBI.
15: Um, good evening again, Commissioners. Matthew Green, representing the Department of Building Inspection. Um, so, what I can tell is that the there's a new washer and dryer installed and it's larger than before, it's going to block the exit door. If you look at this, um, I turn this on here. can I use this, Alec?
4: Yes.
0: Overhead.
15: So uh, this door here leads to the exit path, and you, obviously it's, it's hard to reach there. So if you're gonna leave this size uh, uh, washer and dryer system, they either have to move the door or close the door and provide an extra door. Uh, what they're uh, proposing is that the, the door at the rear at the bay is gonna be the, new, the second exit out of the, uh, the, the unit. It, that's labeled as a living room. I believe the uh, appellant is using it as a bedroom. Um, so th- th- that's the issue there. It, is this a living room or is this a bedroom? It, um, the plans label it as a living room, which would be fine to use it as an exit path the, you should not be exiting through another bedroom to get to the exit path. So um, I don't know what what trick, there's no active notice of violation against this property, but I would say that if there was an inspection by a a San Francisco housing inspector, they would write a notice of violation saying that this exit door is is not accessible. So I believe that's the purpose of this um, building permit. Um, As we've said before, The room with the bay window at the rear is labeled as a living room. We do not enforce uh, the actual use of the unit by the occupants. Um, Obviously, it's being used as as a bedroom, not approved as a bedroom, but I I wouldn't say that's something that we would enforce. We'd prefer they weren't weren't sleeping there. Um, I believe the plans as written are up to code. I, I I do suspect that, Buildings not being used as labeled on the plans with regards to that. So I'm a, <laughs> I am can't 100% say I support this building permit, but it's I, I understand what they're trying to do. I know that's a little wishy-washy. I'm available for any questions you may have.
0: Thank you. We have questions from President Swig, Commissioner Trisvenia, and Commissioner Lindberg. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah,
1: just a little wishy-washy. <laughs> <Triple anime. laughs> um we had a case on Eighteenth Avenue and Gary, uh, It was a, it was in Duffy's time. I think neither of you were around, and the whole discussion was around the use of um, of uh, rooms not as they were labeled. Um, I can't recall the. How we found because once a case has left us, I can remember the cases, but I can't necessarily remember the resolution. But w- you know, what what are the what are the issues? And this may be a a, a a Tina question as as opposed to yourself, but I have questions for yourself just the same. But w- you know, what what about that? Because I think uh, um, I recall that in in this case, uh, a there was a a stairway involved. Uh, a redeployment of the use of that stairway, um, and um, and I think the appellant was saying, "Wait a moment, uh, that will require entry into the living room, which I'm using as a bedroom, and that's why it's all coming back to me now." But what what a, you know what, what exactly sets the protocol, sets the priority, um, sets the guidance from you all as to things like this, where clearly. Um, access has been, access has been, and will continue to be breached. Um, you can't have a door like this. It just doesn't pass muster. You have to have an exit path. That's the that's the law, and um, and so where, where where's the protocol? What triggers what? And what do you have to do? And does that have any impact as to whether somebody is using a, what is labeled as a, a living room, a dining room, or, or a family room as a bedroom?
15: Well, so the architect would design the plans for the, the, the building they, as its intended use. We, we, we do not police people's day-to-day activities. It'd be impossible and impractical. Um, but as you say, if you have an exit, has to be clear and unobstructed. You can't have a lock uh, in any door uh, blocking the exit. So I, I would say that if they are using the um, living room for sleeping purposes and the appellant puts a lock in that door, it, that, that's prohibited. It just that's, we look at the physical building, you can't have a lock in an exit path. How are they using that room, it, it, unenforceable. We, we, we can't enforce that. So we go. Out, we look at the actual physical building if, if the exit door is too small, that, that's, that's a problem. If it's blocked by something, that's a problem. If it's, there's a lock on it, that's a problem. If somebody's using a room that's not intended to, that's something we can enforce.
1: So the, the, the protocol practical. is, or the priority is, the safety and security. Uh, if it requires an exit path, then that's the priority. It doesn't matter what the room's being used for, or anything else, you gotta have a clear exit path for the safety and security of the occupants correct that's that's the bottom line okay um it was alluded to so um the the testimony from the appellant uh was that uh well they you know they went out and they got an inspection and 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 it was and that triggered all the the stuff um but, but but then we heard from the permit holder that in fact it was, or yourself maybe, that it was from, I'm getting confused, that it was from the Housing Authority or another. It wasn't from DBI, that's my bottom line. Now what happens, uh, but I know what it was, sorry. The appellant said there are many issues that are potentially problematic in the building. And I think we heard from the permit holder that they they asked the, the city for a an inspection uh, which I assume was from DBI, but then you said it was from the Housing Authority or not from DBI. So what happens? Forget all that. What happens when DBI goes to the site and and potentially finds other issues and potential no, there are potential notices of violation? Will that impact the the standing of this? Permit, even if we uh, if we deny the appeal.
15: Oh well, let me just clarify So part of DBI is the Housing Inspection Services, okay. whose
1: purpose is to
15: um, they inspect uh, multi-unit buildings, uh, the common areas, and they respond to tenant complaints. Thank you. Um, this is three-unit building. It, it would come under the um, routine inspections by the Housing Inspection Services. I, I believe the inspection they're talking about uh, is a um, was by a private. Um, Inspector mm-hmm. Robert Nolke, who uh, was a housing inspector in in the past, he was actually my supervisor years ago. Um, um, sorry, I lost it. If, if the housing inspector went out there and saw violations, they would write a notice of violation. It it wouldn't impact this. So my my government. concern
1: with all this is that that. Um, uh, you know there was conjecture on well the well the firewall isn't sufficient, and uh, there's a fire hazard there, and the, there was conjecture on other uh, I- issues, and so we know one issue that which is the primary issue that we're talking about is the relocation of the door, and and that's clear. You got to have you got to have access uh, for safety and security reasons, but in in the in the process of of uh, the process of, of the, the construction and when DBI enters the, 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 the building, if they find other violations, might there be a, a domino effect that would change the whole parameter of the improvement?
15: Well, so the appellant was mentioning the fire doors and how the other, door, other units did not have a fire door. Yeah. The reason this would be a fire rated wall, removing the door next to, to the washer and dryer is because it's, it's going to be by today's codes. The building was built. Um,
1: In a different time.
15: A different time, I think it was over 100 years ago. So it's different codes. When you'd use today's code, the area under construction has to be built to today's code. That would require that to be a rated Any wall. the
1: other ones are automatically grandfathered.
15: Unless they start doing work up there, then we would be okay. upgraded to today's codes.
1: I think that clarifies uh, what I was looking for. Yeah, thank,
4: thank you. you. Uh, Commissioner Trosvenia. Thank, thank you, President Swig. I just have a, I hope, a minor or quick question, and that is, is the problem with the door the obstruction, or is the problem with the door its size or any method of construction?
15: Uh, to my eye, the problem with the door is the size of the washer and dryer blocking
4: access to the door. So with a different washer and dryer, that door would be fine, except for the issue of locking, correct? Um
15: well, I, I'm just—I haven't been on site. I'm just looking at the uh, picture. Right. I, I don't see how—I don't know how deep that is. Whether a washer and dryer could be bought to fit in that space, but if it's protruding into the opening of the door, it's—it's it's problematic. It's the, the exit, well, the exit to, door is get, not accessible. To,
4: together, they are problematic. Correct. Whether, uh, but you leave open the possibility that the washer and dryer could—there could be another one somewhere that would fit better, and that would leave the door without being a problem.
15: It's That's, possible, yes. Right,
4: and, but the door has to be unlocked in order for it to be a permissible. Um, it, it, it can't be locked from the
15: interior, it can be locked from the exterior, meaning someone inside the the unit doesn't need any key or special knowledge to get out, meaning a special knowledge meaning a combination. So you, you, if you're, visit, say you're visiting, you don't know how to get out, you, you have a door, you, we presumably all know how to operate a door
2: Great, thank you
0: okay commissioner lemberg
2: i did raise my hand i'm not sure i actually have a question um i (laughs) 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 my impression looking at these photos is that this very small room that's been used as a laundry room for the last 20 years. Um... Sorry, I'm, I'm str- struggling with the with the visual aspect of this a little bit. If if we're looking at the photo that has the um, the washer and dryer in it and the door to the left, I believe that door to the left is goes to the interior of the unit. Is that correct? Generally? Okay. Um, is that the door that's non-compliant or is it the door to the outside?
15: I believe That's the door that's non-compliant.
2: Okay. Is there any reason that that door could not be moved a few inches so that it's not blocked by the washer and dryer? Um, Uh, without seeing a plan of what, where, what the kitchen looks like or where the door goes to or anything like that, it's.
15: uh, I I don't have enough knowledge uh, of the site to say that door could be moved or not. Um, the the property owner might have a better idea.
2: Better question for you, Mr. Green. is this the only solution that would work for this project to, to get the, the property up to, up to code? Um, there's always
15: 100 solutions. Um, I, I couldn't say this is the only solution.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, I might have a better question later. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry.
0: Thank you. We are now moving on to public comment. Is anyone here to provide public comment on this matter? Please raise your hand. Is there anyone on Zoom? I don't see any hands raised. So we will move on to rebuttal. We'll hear from Mr. Reed first. You have three minutes. Thank you. Uh,
16: I believe Mr. Uh, Davidson owns a condo in Oakland. Uh, Susan on the top floor has a huge laundry porch that's separated from her kitchen with a door, and she has a washer and dryer up there. And they could very easily make that a uh, washer and dryer room for the entire building. Because like my unit had been the washer and dryer room for the building for 20 years, or was it 19 years? Yes. So Susan could take over that responsibility. Uh, What else? Uh, I'm a building contractor, and people pay me to come up with creative solutions. There's a kitchen window. There's two kitchen windows in my kitchen, and one of them could very easily be turned into a door going into the backyard. So there's one solution. Uh, I have been using the room for 19 years as a bedroom, and if it can't be a bedroom, then I have nowhere to live. Uh, what else? The building was probably built in the nineteen thirties. Not they did something in nineteen ninety six that they got a re whatever. Uh, that might be all I have to say. But uh, I, I, there are other solutions. There's a solution to put the fire door and. Put AN ADDITIONAL DOOR OR I COULD LEAVE MY BEDROOM UNLOCKED BECAUSE IF THERE WERE A FIRE, MY ROOMMATES COULD CERTAINLY COME IN MY ROOM BECAUSE THERE'S JUST, I'VE NEVER LIVED IN A PLACE THAT I DIDN'T TRUST MY ROOMMATES AND I'VE NEVER HAD A LOCK ON MY BEDROOM AND AT THE MOMENT I HAVE THIS CUTE DOG LOCK THAT'S REALLY BEAUTIFUL THAT IS JUST A PASSAGE LOCK. SO MY ROOMMATES COULD COME IN MY ROOM anytime. And we actually have an agreement in our roommate agreements that we don't lock doors and that we are responsible to knock on any closed door and be invited in first or we don't come in. So uh, I think I would pay to turn a kitchen window into a door so that we have direct access to our washer and dryer. And I have a washer and dryer which is smaller and I know how to vent a washer and dryer. So I think that might be all I have to say. And so I feel like DBI is being used and they've had, uh, they came in my house four times looking for problems, and they finally found one. But uh, over the period of, you know, 10, 15 years, there have been many inspections where a building inspector went from the backyard through my thing, saw the washer and dryer, thought nothing of it,
4: and all of a sudden a problem. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Trezvenia for you, Mr. Reed?
4: Th- th- thank you, M- Mr. Reed, My question is... I hear from you a lot of ideas about how you could how you and the owner could resolve this problem in light of everything you've said today and whatever circumstances exist in the building community could you foresee and if so how long would it take for you and the building owner to come up with a an acceptable solution to both of you?
16: Well, if I paid for it, they'd, they've let me do everything in the flat because I paid for, I put $100,000 into my rental unit because I do this, because I love where I live. And so they let me spend $100,000. I have the nicest flat in the building, better than Susan or Jay, and I remodeled their flats. And and uh, they would probably allow me to do anything. Well, they might not, <laughs> if I paid for it.
4: So do, you, so do you think if you and the building owner had a, a month to come up with an idea, you could come back to us in a month? Would, sure.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, you can be seated. We'll now hear from Mr. Davidson, the permit holder. You have three minutes.
5: It's my understanding that the building was built in 1904. There is not a washer and dryer at the back of Susan's unit. There is, a wa- there is a washing machine. It was an old washing machine when we bought the building in 1977 and it's still there. So that's what we are dealing with. And as for putting in a different washer and dryer, I've been to many Appliance stores looking for washers and dryers that were not as deep as the ones that are there now, and I was not able to find one.
4: That's all I have to say. Thank you.
0: No, we, from Commissioner Trisvina, thank you.
4: I, w- I want to pose to you the same question I posed to Mr. Reed, given the number of ideas that you've heard from him tonight and perhaps some of your own, although I think your list is shorter than his list. Uh, Given all of the circumstances, do you think that, um, there are any alternatives that would be acceptable to both of you and how long would it take for you to, for you both to come up with them if there were any,
5: I don't think there would be seriously. He talks about removing a window in the kitchen and that would be a window replaced with a door that would lead onto the back deck. I don't see how that is a solution, especially when we think about the possibility that Susan or I, who are older than he is, might one day, if he moves out, move down there to lessen the number of steps that we would have to walk and that's not a solution that we would be looking for. So I don't know that there would be another solution.
4: Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you, you can be seated. We'll now hear from the Planning Department. Anything further?
14: Tina Tam for the Planning Department. I'm gonna try to maybe walk you through the floor plans a little bit more. So this is the existing condition of the unit at the back. You have the kitchen, you have the living room, and you have the window that used to be there that became the door with this permit. I believe this is where the washer and dryer is located. And this is the door where you see in the photograph um, as part of your brief. The proposal is to close off that door and make it a solid wall the window that the appellant is referring to is this window in the kitchen that he's possibly consider turning into a door so that his door into his his room is in the only door to the yard that's all i have <laughs> just wanted to show that information on on the overhead
0: thank you any questions okay I don't see any so we'll hear from DBI
15: I'll just say that I'm sympathetic to the appellant but I believe the building permit as approved is is code compliant and it was approved properly so that's all yeah thank you
0: thank you I do see the agent for the permit holders raising his hand, Mr. Nolke. Um, the permit holder's time has elapsed, so we can't take testimony from you. So, commissioners, this matter okay. has, this commissioners, this matter has been. Uh, I'm,
12: I'm here for any questions.
0: I'm sorry.
1: He said he was here for he any, here any questions. questions.
0: I'm sorry. He's here for what?
1: Any questions?
0: Okay, thank the ma- you. But the matter's been submitted. Okay, so. thank you.
1: I'm available for any questions.
0: Thank you. Okay, so commissioners, matter submitted.
1: Okay, who wants to start? Commissioner Lumber, you had the most questions, so you get the. I did. Surprise.
2: Um, I liked where T- Commissioner Trasvenia's head was going. I, uh, I I feel like there is a better solution here that. You know, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be willing to to grant the appeal based on what's before us, but I, I, I do feel like that, frankly, not a lot of thought has gone into this project as proposed, and I feel like there may very well be a much better solution than the one that is being proposed. Um, so kind of going along what Commissioner Trasvini was saying uh, with his line of questioning as to a proposal of a... Of a of a continuance to allow the parties to come to some sort of agreement, I feel like might be the best outcome here. Um, I, I would say if, if I had to vote today, I'd vote to deny it, but I feel like it's probably a better idea to allow the appellant, who is both a long-term tenant and a general contractor, uh, and the property owner who has allowed the appellant to make significant improvements over the years to the unit, um, some time to talk and see if there's not a better solution to the tenant laundry situation. Uh, you know, it's it's not within our purview to interfere with the landlord-tenant process. That is a civil one that the rent board and or courts may have uh, jurisdiction over, but we do not. Um, but that said, I, I feel like some of these potential better solutions might also be at least a partial solution to uh, some of those issues as well. Um, and it certainly is within our purview to grant a continuance to allow the, the parties time to talk so I guess that would be my recommendation and my, my I think the best solution for tonight um, but I'm definitely interested to hear what my fellow or fellow commissioners have to say
1: any, any other commissioners have any thoughts John are you, are you changing are you con- consistent with your point of view um, or, I uh, I, I am.
4: I am consistent with with my point of view that I, I believe there is further work that could be done, uh, whether that is our role. Uh, I look to President Swig for, for for guidance, having been here a long time and being our president. Uh, but I would I I given given the uh, situation of. People being here, for, people being in that building for a long period of time, and apparently planning to be there for a long period of time, I would hope, without imposing it, that they would take the opportunity to try to find a, 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 a maybe not even creative solution, uh, but a solution that would uh, better address uh, their future within the building.
1: Mr. Eppler, you have any comments?
7: I I agree uh, with what my fellow commissioners have said, um, I, you know, don't see, you know, if, if vote came to vote tonight, um, I don't see a way to, to deny, um, or a way to, to grant the appeal. But I do think that this is a situation where a little bit more time may do the, uh, the parties good.
1: Commissioner Lopez, any thoughts?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned, uh, with with what's been expressed by my fellow commissioners, I, I think you know, reading the tea leaves, it looks like uh, you know, absent those considerations, a denial of the appeal would would be in order. So I would, you know, I think just given the fact that uh, it does look like the 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 parties have have lived together for for a long time. And, you know, regardless of, of any outcome, either tonight or in a, in a future uh, Board of Appeals hearing, uh, you'd uh, presumably continue to, to live together. You know, I think we'd, we'd suggest that, that you try to come together in a, in a spirit of partnership. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, clearly the, the appellant has, has presented uh, as a previous speaker noted, a long list of of solutions. You know, I don't know if if looking for an alternative uh, washer dryer units is, is has been included in that list or not. But I mean, that's one that <laughs> comes out to me. Uh, but but yes, I I do think this this seems like a lot an awful lot of work to get around you know a, a couple inches of uh, projection into a doorway uh that's that's how i see it even though under the four corners of the permit um and i also note that you know even uh you know mr green's you know reaction is is uh uh is is worthy of note to me because it's it's not it's not one that the dbi usually expresses that yeah this is technically you know there but but it's not um you know it's 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 not kind of uh, recommended and so i think that's that's left an impression on me and and i really uh, think that there's probably an easier uh and more straightforward solution and so we're essentially you know suggesting that you take that time to really Uh, you know, clearly there's a dispute outside of the four corners of this permit going on, but, uh, you know, we would suggest that, that you try to take this time to really approach the problem in a spirit of partnership and, and, and try to work it out.
1: Well, guys, I'm going to dissent. Um, the permit was properly issued. That is why we're here. Was the permit properly issued? Yes, it was. Uh, is it our role to get involved in a uh, a landlord tenant issue the proper the permit was properly issued and my my spirit and intention would be to uh, uh, make them all understand that they're hopefully going to live together in peace and harmony, but the permit was properly issued and therefore the appeal should be denied. That would be my straightforward, cold-hearted, you know, straight by the guidelines. Now, let me tell you why I, I stand by that. Um, my experience of uh, with regard to precedent setting. If we do this, then every time we have something like this which is well i got a better idea and he's he or she or, or whomever is doing it all wrong uh i think i think we should you should let us talk about it longer and it, it and then we're just because you did it for them so just think in terms of uh, of the the precedent that you that one sets when for all the right reasons i'm not denying that your intentions i'm not denying your spirit i'm not denying the ideal situation and people should live in peace and harmony and you can do, you can do a good job guys if you go revisit what, what i am the permit was properly issued the, the the permit should should the appeal should be denied and also the press the precedent piece which is next week somebody's going to walk in here and said yeah did it for those guys you got to do it for us so I leave you with that, and you can make a motion to continue, I probably am going to dissent, but because I think the permit was properly issued and the appeal should be denied, and, and that's where I'm at. So you can do whatever, whatever you want. And I'm prepared to lose, but you know. You
4: know as I stated earlier, uh, the first direction I look is to you, President Swig, because you have as our president and as the most senior member here, the experience to be able to uh, take into account people's intentions. Uh, my questions was equally to both parties. Do you think there are all possible alternatives? If so, how long would it take? I asked both of them. Uh, Mr. Reed had a number of ideas and a, and a, and a time frame. Uh, the property owner did not feel the same way. While on the one hand someone might say it's better for people to, to make these decisions by themselves without the government imposing them. On the other hand, are we have a, we have a role in the city charter and the statute 2 to decide. Uh, I had hoped that and perhaps even if we decide tonight uh, that the as neighbors, as people long who have long standing ties to each other, they could work this out. Subsequent to our uh, our action, um, but given given your view, of President Swig, I will uh, not make a motion uh, to to continue. And you have persuaded me that uh, as for this board, uh, we should not uh, we should not continue. We should decide this matter tonight. Um,
2: re- respectfully, I, I disagree with President Swig's. Kind of version of events, uh, primarily in that we we continue cases like this fairly regularly and routinely, um, and I and I. I think the the difference between this case and other cases may be that this there's an underlying landlord-tenant dispute, but we pretty routinely continue cases that maybe we would deny otherwise uh, but we see an opening for the parties to come to a better agreement and so we continue it to allow those parties time time to come to an agreement and i don't really see the difference between this matter before us tonight and probably a dozen other cases that we've continued since i joined the board last july um i just don't see the difference
1: this is not one i'm going to lie across railroad tracks for um and uh, what I am mindful of, um, the, a couple of things I'm mindful of. Um, one, one are we perpetuating an illegal situation, safety and security issue because there's a blocked doorway? Huh. I'll let I'll let the, the the city authorities who are responsible for upholding those issues deal with that. Um, uh, two, are we causing grievous harm to the property owner? Uh, pr- probably not. It's a condition that's existed for a while, so no, there's no, there's no duress. There's no, um, uh, we're not taking away a right. We're not causing. So, uh, you know, if you you all want to move to uh, to hear this at our next meeting, I don't. This is this. It's not going to break my heart. I'm just calling it to your attention that the permit was properly issued. That's all. You know, so and I probably will de- dissent on. For, for that reason i won't take it personally believe me <laughs> yeah. and 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 also i'd like the advice of mr green since you said the permit was properly issued and that would be the grounds on which we would deny the appeal are we are are we doing something um, l- legally wrong or is this a reasonable Uh, is this something that would put you as DBI at risk or uh, cross uh, move in an opposite direction of any compliance or legal precedent? If you continue the case. If we continue the case for two weeks, Um, three
0: weeks.
15: No, there's no active notice of violation or or code enforcement case at at this moment.
1: So all all we do is um, probably... uh, uh, piss off a building owner uh, who would like to have it go the other way. I'm really sorry if we do this, but um, in bending over backwards and being fair to a a tenant and hearing, we did it in a major case two weeks ago where we really didn't have we we listen to we do this on a regular basis. We listen to the the constituency that is the appellant and try to use our, our ears and our hearts and, and give them any benefit of the doubt. So this would be consistent as uh, Commissioner Lindbergh pointed out in that spirit. So I'll still vote against it, but that doesn't <laughs> that's that, that neither here nor there. So um, I think the issue so is that's the direction in which we'll probably go uh, the the next question is i guess is well when are the parties uh,
0: we have two options march 15th which is in two weeks yeah or April 12th, which is quite a bit of ways because we canceled the March 22nd hearing.
1: And we don't have anything big, we don't have a huge agenda on March 15th, or do we? No,
0: I mean, four of the appeals are related. Right. Um, was, we have six total, four are related for and, electrical and, plumbing.
1: And so simply what is going to happen on March 15th, if we d- uh, delay it to that is that both parties get. will get three minutes, we will po- pose the question, have the parties met? did they come to a decision yes or no and if if the answer was no then we're back to this discussion here tonight Uh, and if they say yes uh, it makes for greener pastures sunny skies and a happy reconciliation
0: okay did you want to allow them to submit any further briefing or a one-page or three-page proposal or something Um, like that I,
1: I I think I think any submission would have to do specifically with the re- revision of a plan that would show us that we've moved this door from point A to point B, and we've gone over this with DBI, and they say this will probably pass muster and and uh, move from there.
0: Okay, so. Like a one page statement three pages one and it could page. be a statement saying we met five times and couldn't agree or
1: yeah, one page and 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 if there if there is agreement uh, a description in, in the form of at least a rough plan, which has been reviewed with DBI for their.
0: Okay, so that would be due the Thursday prior to the hearing by 430. Mm-hmm. But we can so do we have a motion right. Oh
2: i would just add i i don't think i i don't think march 15th is enough time for them to meaningfully do much of anything uh especially because the that briefing is due the thursday before we're talking about like 10 days from now right so um, the, so the 12th is fine i don't care yeah so if, if
1: I mean there's no there's no grievous harm being done to the okay. to the, the 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 building owner the 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 situation has been the way it's been there is no notice of violation so therefore there's no sense of urgency and
0: Okay so let's check with the parties are you both yeah. available on April 12th to come back the board is going in the direction that they want you to try to work out a solution if not that's okay too but Okay, related to the rescheduling?
5: No, related to a, a solution.
0: President Swig?
5: Sure. My question is, would we be allowed to keep the nonconforming door exactly the way it is right now? Because if we can keep that door, then we have a solution.
1: Uh, that's a DBI question, not an us question. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, really, that's why DBI exists uh, to
0: help sound us like through it. these uh.
1: difficult patches, but it doesn't sound like it.
0: Okay, so you are both available April 12th. Okay, so do we have a motion?
2: I, I move to continue this matter to April 12th uh, so that the parties can attempt to come to an agreement uh, on a, an alternative proposed solution uh, and with, with the participation of DBI uh, in that as well.
0: Okay, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezinha? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swag. No, no, okay. So that motion carries four to one the matters continued to April 12th and so parties um, You heard that you could submit a one-page uh, double spaced um, Brief basically outlining what you agreed to or what you didn't what your efforts were and that would be due by 430 the Thursday prior And you can always call us or email if you have questions and please work with DBI if you come up with something Okay, thank you very much. This concludes the hearing.
1: Thank you everybody, have a good night.